Welcome to the opening whistle of the weekly recess. I'm Mitchell Lee alongside Nick Izzo and Connor Vandemark. Guys, week seven is in the books, which sounds weird to say. This NFL season is just absolutely flying by. And we've got a big one coming up this week. We've got the Jets versus the Giants. Not really big to too many other people, but to us, it is a big one. However, the Jets did not play this week. They're coming off of their bye, hopefully getting uh, DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, maybe even Joe Tipman. We'll have to wait and see. Healthy for the matchup with the Giants. However, before we get into the biggest game of the week, congratulations, Nick. The Giants with a nice 14-7 win over the uh, Washington Commanders. There's no quarterback controversy because Brian Dable has come out and said that Daniel Jones will be the starter when healthy. Whether that is for the Jets game or not remains to be seen. But do you think think there should be a quarterback controversy? Um... No, because I would need to see more. Um, I I can't say after. I mean, I I don't have the exact numbers on when the last time Tyrod started, but if I'm willing to bet, it was probably when he was at Buffalo. He he started the season for about two or three weeks with Cleveland before Baker uh, took over his rookie season. Okay, yeah. So so I I think about the last time that he started and then compared to now it's like, yeah, like don't get me wrong, like I'm Oh, and, and extremely Houston. happy that he forgot about Houston in 2021. Oh, cool, yeah. he, he's he's been around. Yeah, he has. He's been around Tyrod. Um no, I mean, he he did he did enough to to win the game and he has been in the league for enough time now that, you know, you just have to try to not screw it up and keep to the keep to your your game plan as best as possible and he, he made the throws that he needed to um but i don't think there's any controversy i would think you need to see consistency in his performances to to really say to yourself like oh crap like maybe we should start this guy um i don't even want to make it so much about a money thing but you know you're, you're also paying Daniel Jones a, a hefty amount that you know if he's if he's healthy and you're not if, and if you're not playing him you know you're going to get questions about that after the game so um you know I I don't think there's controversy we'll see what happens in the weeks ahead but you know if, if Tyrod keeps slinging it like that then you know six five more games down down the season we'll uh, we'll see I think the controversy should be on the other side. Washington Commanders, uh, Ron Rivera is on the hot seat, and it is scorching in Washington. And this is a team that I said would make the playoffs, but I don't – as much as I've – I loved Sam Howell coming out of North Carolina, and he's had some great moments this season. They can't run the ball too well, and – their offensive line isn't protecting, but Sam Howell's holding on to the ball way too long, taking way too many sacks, and yep. they they might need to just go to Jacoby Brissett 
if if they want to salvage this season and save people's jobs because the Sam Howell experience has been a very turbulent one as of late. Been very up and down. Yeah. Yeah, one game one game he'll look pretty decent and then the next game he'll just he'll look like he you know just re- reverted back to you know what, what he was before it's kind of um, similar similar situation with the giants it's kind of similar to what the falcons have going on with desmond ritter where he'll look yeah. really bad for a game or two and then the next game he'll come out and he'll play pretty well and i thought he played pretty well against the buccaneers in a, in a big game in the nfc south the Falcons now take the lead in that division. 19 to 25, 250 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He had 38 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He also had some key fumbles. I think he fumbled twice inside the two-yard line where you just can't do that. Yep. You've got to hold on to the ball, and they could have yeah. blown out the Buccaneers, but they just they had red zone issues, and Ritter was a part of that. So Ritter and Howell both have shown that they can make plays, that they can lead drives late in games, but they just can't the, – the consistency has not been there at all for either of those guys, especially Ritter. But how, mu- how much do you yeah. – do you um, – how much do you that credit to that to the – how not good the offensive lines are? For, for for honestly both teams like let's be real no we'll, and, Atlanta's and, uh, is good no Atlanta Atlanta's is decent I, I think Iron Ritter is a very mediocre quarterback at this at this moment that's my previous that's my current thoughts like he's 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 not gonna win you games but he's he's there as a placeholder like, in my opinion he's not he's not the future for Atlanta Arthur um, Smith's given me issues yeah. with that team though, because he's but... not letting Ritter utilize the talent on that roster. You pick yeah, that... three, you pick three skill position guys in the top ten back to back to back years, and it's like Arthur Smith is doing everything he can to make sure that those guys don't get the ball. Like, but the thing is, the the reason why I'm saying this, like, a lot of how how we see quarterbacks this year is often through the lens of how well the offensive line is. No, the reason, the one thing I want to bring up is when it comes to another game we'll probably want to touch on is, as a Jet fan, is a huge victory. Even though I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Patriots being the Bills. Yeah. The Bills the Bills could no, not that's a, that's a huge victory. The Bills could not handle the Patriots pass rush, and Josh Allen looked mediocre. Like, you can see, like, the stats in Josh Allen's games. When he has protection, he's unstoppable. But when he's not getting it, when he's being pressured and the defense is all over him, he looks like the most mediocre quarterback. And this, this has happened multiple times this season where the Jets done it to him. Um, the Patriots have done it to him this past game. And then we had the Jaguars, same thing, where they, they're not giving him time and space. And with that being taken away, they, they look pedestrian. So, and I, I, I'm definitely, like, if I have the numbers with me, it would be nice to see. But, like, I'm kind of curious on how strong the offensive line is and how good the quarterback is and how that correlates with the media perception of how good that player is. Oh, it, it absolutely does. I mean, they always talk about that. 
<clears throat> excuse me, no matter who or what team they're covering. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's your foundation of of your offense, and you know when when you have a really bad offensive line, you can you can tell nothing is going to happen. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a repeated pattern for for a lot of teams. You see, their offensive line is either injured. Or you know they're they're good players went somewhere else. Like I want I want to pose this kind of like thought experiment is if you took Patrick Mahomes and put him on let's say I would I would say the the Cardinals not one of the lower weak ranked offensive lines overall in the past two years how would the perception of Patrick Mahomes be? in comparison to how we see him today. Well, Patrick Mahomes has had some bad offensive lines. I mean, you guys remember that Super Bowl where yeah, that Super Bowl, was, he was running for his against, life. against the Buccaneers where he was running for his life, yeah. making like passes at a ver- at a horizontal angle and still putting it on guys. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know about that necessarily, but Patrick Mahomes is also a different animal than mm-hmm. any other quarterback in the league. So, I, I'm not so sure about that. But to get back to the Bills and Patriots game real quick, my concern with that game didn't really have anything to do with the Bills' offense. I think their offense will be fine. I think the big thing is Dalton Kincaid will have to step up now because Dawson Knox is hurt, and that's who they used their first-round pick on, and he played nicely against the Patriots. My concern with the Bills is their defense is – pleaded due to injuries. They've lost Matt Milano and Tredavious White, who are cornerstones of that defense for the season. Vaughn Miller's in his mid-30s coming off his second season-ending ACL injury, and their safeties are both in their 30s as well. So the Bills' defense is something that I've, I've had questions about going into the year. I have more questions about now. And I don't know if they're going to be able to hold up with the injuries that they've sustained, the guys that they have to play. I don't – I mean, Mac Jones – Mac Jones is playing for his career out there against the Bills. He had been benched two games in a row. Yeah. And he was throwing all over the field on them. This is one of the best Mac Jones games I've seen ever. And I think so much of that was because the Bills' defense was just – they lack cohesion right now because Matt Milano is the heartbeat of that defense. He's the leader of that defense. And for Davies, why is the best corner they had? And those are two guys that you do not easily replace. I, I think it's definitely fair no, – I think it's fair to say that the Boba concern is like, okay, as the person who wants the Giants the most – What's your thoughts on the Giants' defense, Nick? Well, I would say it's gotten a lot better since the start of the year. Um, it has, <coughs> excuse me, it has most of the time been a bend but don't break sort of team, and that's usually their identity with. Uh, not as many turnovers as you'd like to see, but usually 
you'll see them like give up like 50 or 60 yards and then they'll they'll stall them out on third down but i would say right now it's the best part of the of the team because if their defense is doing enough to keep them within one or two scores then they definitely have a chance because the reason the Um, reason i'm bringing them up is because the fact that the Bills team that's supposed to be the let's let's be real one of the top echelon teams in the league only put up fourteen points at the Giants, yeah. and then then yep. only you know having the Patriots defense, which has been decent, but still like can't not getting it done like against a team a yeah. game that you should win against a one in five Patriots team, like that to me is a cause of concern. It's like I mentioned. Oh, yeah. They need. I mentioned Dalton Kincaid. I picked him round one. Tight ends usually take a little bit longer to develop and be steady, uh, make steady contributions. And they took him round one as a team that had a closing Super Bowl window. So they need him to be one of. They need. They need him to be what Sam Laporta is in Detroit right now. That's what they need from Kincaid because right now it's Stefan Diggs and I mean Gabe Davis never really came along the way that people expected after his four touchdown AFC championship game. He's been fine, but he's not a he's not a number two receiver. He's a number three at best. And yeah. they never yeah. really found that other guy. They need they need Dalton Kincaid to really step up. So the, there's gonna be a lot of pressure put on him. To you know, just get open for Josh Allen. All right. So, have you two seen the line yet for Thursday night football? By the way, we're recording this on the tw- Wednesday, the twenty fifth. So you probably, if you're recording this morning, Buffalo. What is it? At like Buffalo. At Buffalo. One half. Nick, what's your Five? guess? What's my guess? Uh, was it Tampa and Buffalo? Tampa at Buffalo. Buffalo. Tampa at Buffalo. I'm going to say that Buffalo is favored. This is a total guess because I have not looked at it. By four and a half. I'm going to go with five. The books are saying minus nine right now. Like, My, I, like the, bill, the, bill, like bill, the bills, bills minus are... nine that are favored. Oh, huh. okay. Like, that's, that, oh, that's to okay. me a game that I, if I would say, throw money okay. on, I would throw money on the bucks to cover i'm leaving it alone for the simple reason of tampa it's going to change tampa can't run the ball and you need to run the ball to beat this bills team i mean the jets did it and they they, ran up and down by dump off passes yeah no i don't and baker mayfield's questionable chris godwin's questionable but the bucks defense is what i think is going to cause bills problems yes i i can i can agree with that 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 that's yeah. that's I think this is going to be like the over under the over under is forty three and a half, and I can see the under hitting on it. Yeah, like I can definitely see the Bills winning, but the, I think the Bucks going to keep this close. Like it, this is probably going to be a like I can see this game ending, let's say twenty one eighteen, some something mm-hmm. like that 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 range. Like, yeah. 
it's it's going to be a stifling game. I, I I think that Mike Evans would be able to, you know, Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans have been that connection's been great so far. Yeah, and without without Zedarius White, like who's going to stop Mike Evans? Are you predicting the upset? Should be. I I should be I would take the upset. Famous. I I have been. I think the Buccaneers. Will they will they win the Super Bowl? No, but I think they are a good team. Hmm. All right, like their their Let's... run game is their issue. Their run game is their issue. Like yeah. no, it's a big one. Uh, like Rashad White's not the answer, but I think that I think in, for the future of this team, like next year, if they draft someone who is a good running back, like there could be. He's a good pass catching receiver. Uh, but if they actually had someone between the tackles, That's White can catch passes, but they just yeah. can't have him run between the tackles. They don't have. They oh, don't yeah. have. So, yeah, they don't, they don't have someone who can't punch it through. They don't have like a David Montgomery type. Yeah, well, that would be um, exciting. That'd be a that'd be a that'd be a great. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Uh, let's move over to the primetime games from this uh, from last week. Dolphins Eagles Eagles winning that one thirty one to seventeen. AJ Brown continues his tear through the NFL. Ten catches, one hundred thirty seven yards, and a touchdown. Meanwhile, the Dolphins. I can stand on my soapbox again on two different things that I knew were going to happen. Well, one that I knew was going to happen and the other, unfortunately, did happen. The first one is the Dolphins showing up small against the good team yet again. This seems to be a theme with the Miami Dolphins. People calling them fraudulent because of that. And I feel like the truth is somewhere in the middle. I don't know if they're fraudulent, but I also don't know if I would put them up I don't know if they can win games like this in the playoffs. It's important for them to win the AFC East so that they don't have to play a road playoff game. Because I don't know if they can go into a place like Kansas City or Cincinnati or Baltimore and win a tough playoff game. And the other thing that I've been just vetching about for weeks now is the officiating's not getting any better. And the officiating in this game was brutal. No. The officiating in this yeah. game was tough, and it seemed very one-sided. Now, Miami could have done a lot of things to help themselves out. Tua, that that interception he threw, horrible. Tyreek dropped the touchdown pass, and the Eagles' defensive line seemed to really break through there in the second half, particularly Josh Sweat seemed to just live in the backfield. But Jalen Hurts also... Looked like he was hurting a bit, no pun intended, throughout that game. Didn't want to run the ball. But found a way to make plays through the air. And after a brutal game against the New York Jets, comes through, delivers late in that game. They're now 6-1. and one. Well, I will fill in for Tommy Spiel that he was very disappointed at them. But he also feel, felt like that would happen. Um, as, yeah. someone who would, as someone who was... I had hopes in the Dolphins. Like, I think they're a fun team, but like, I thought that I thought this game would have been closer. And no, the first quarter, no tie game, whatever. Um, but the the Eagles did feel like the more dominant team in this one. Like, I think the the one thing I will say though is if they had Devon Achan. I, I understand the game is played with who you have, but I'm curious how that would have changed things. Cause he is that kind of dynamic player where 
he could maybe turn turn a drive around and keep it alive. Because let's be real, Philly's run defense phenomenal. You can't run on them. Yeah, I mean, Mostert yeah. wasn't able to get anything going in the first three one. quarters of that game. They were really just yeah. limited to the pass. And even then, Jalen Waddle missed a good chunk of that game as well. So it was very Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson based, of all things. Yeah, and then mixed in with uh, I think uh, Braxton Berrios is like the third guy. Uh, yeah, some something like that. Yeah, I only know because they say it on the TV every like five seconds. Well, between them winning, and you know, the, the the top of the NFC had a very interesting week. We had the 49ers losing on Monday Night Football 22 17 to the Minnesota Vikings in a game where finally got a primetime. Kirk played well. Brock Purdy, I'm going to hold off on the Brock Purdy criticism because it apparently he was playing the last bit of that game with a concussion. So then why haven't he's going to miss? I guess they just didn't could he didn't start displaying symptoms until after the game. And there were people like, yep, this is the hit where he got the concussion. And after this, he was like two for six with two interceptions. Um, but Brock Purdy going to miss the next game against Cincinnati. Sam Darnold's going to get that start. And Eesh. the Lions, as bad of a week as the 49ers had, and they might have had a worse week just because of injuries, the Lions got absolutely smoked. My losing boys. to Baltimore, thirty-eight to six. I figured Baltimore was going to win this game because Lamar Jackson has been playing so well, and he was just kind of due for his receivers to make some plays for him, and he did, and they did, but I did not expect a thirty-two point beatdown the way that this was. Who's got to be feeling worse right now? And who do you feel better about moving forward between the Lions and the 49ers? I think the 49ers will be fine. I would say 49ers for sure. I, I did not I did not see the concussion thing with Purdy. If they kept them in the game, that oh that that makes me mad. You saw what happened with Tua last yeah, year. That's, that's bad. Like as someone who's had friends who dealt with concussions from playing hockey, like after your fourth, fifth one, like they get bad, and I I don't know Purdy's concussion history at all, but like as as someone who's coaches you no know, you no know, sixteen year olds for hockey, like if I see a situation where is any sign concussion, you're out. Like I don't want to put any player through that. I understand they're professional athletes, but at the same time, if you're going to put your your team on the back of Brock Purdy, you want to protect your assets. Like, no, you have especially with all they have now in the in the technology and you know the the pop up medical tent is right there. Every team's got their you know their physicians and their you know their their doctors. Like, there's so much at their disposal in terms of the resources to make sure that that type of stuff doesn't happen. And then you know may, maybe he hit it well. That they didn't, you know, say anything, but yeah, you you definitely just don't want to see that because you know, like like you said, the, the more concussions you get, and you know, you you and I don't know his concussion history from from what I gather, but are you guys saying you know, that you the, feel the more you get? 
You feel better about San Francisco? Yes, I would feel better about them. I just, I'm just looking mad that they kept him yeah. in the game, or if he kept himself in the game. Like the reason we have concussion spotters in the first place is to protect the players from themselves. Um, like the Lions. I actually feel better about Detroit. Like, the and Lions... I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that so much of their offensive identity, whether you like it or not, is pounding the ball, and. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery are just simply different runners. And I wish that they used Gibbs a little bit more with Montgomery in the lineup, sure. But Montgomery is their hammer. And they didn't have that in this game. And they felt a little bit lost offensively to get started. I think the Lions, if Purdy's hurt long-term, like he's got that concussion and the offensive line's been injured, Caffrey's been injured. Debo's injured. They've had a lot of different things going on, not to mention uh, Nick Bosa got his bag and has done nothing this season. That is very true. Um, Like, the Lions, I think this is a good, like, sometimes a good ass-kicking definitely helps the team. Like, a good wake-up call. And the Ravens definitely, I, I, I'm not concerned with the Lions either. I think that they will... Especially with their their head coach, like he he's a wild one, and in their division, the yeah, in their division's week two. Like, yeah. I'm not cons- like I mentioned last week in the podcast. Like, I brought up who you think would have a better record at the end of the season: the Lions, or the Forty Niners. No, I picked the Lions, think knowing that like I I have trust in this team. Um, I I think it was a good wake up call for I, the Lions. I feel like there's much more. I think there's much more of a larger varying possibility with the Lions. Um, and what I mean by that, like, they could be a fantastic team. They also could be a very good team. With the 49ers, I don't see them as a – I don't see them one way or the other. I just see the 49ers as they're the 49ers. They're always going to be good. But I think the Lions have a higher ceiling, if that makes sense. I, th- yeah, I think that the uh, national perspective is a little bit different. However, I think that the 49ers, I just don't know if they're going to ever be able to get over that hump. I don't know if they have the quarterback play to be able to do that. Whereas the Lions, I trust Goff a little bit more, especially within the scope of that offense. But I've never I mean, seen that two years ago. Yeah, seriously, he's come a long way, and they've done a lot to not protect him, but accentuate his strengths. Mm-hmm. And with that offensive line, they're going to be able to run or throw the ball on just about anybody, except for the Baltimore Ravens, apparently. Which brings me to my next point, which is the AFC North had a crazy week where the Ravens looked like the top team in football, where everyone was saying that they're Super Bowl contenders – And I actually do agree. I think that they are going to be in the thick of it when it comes to teams challenging Kansas City for the AFC Championship. I do think Baltimore is going to be up there. If they can just get consistent receiver play like they got last week, you know, Andrews, Zay Flowers is a beast. If you get Rashad Bateman to catch a few passes, Nelson Aguilar did some stuff, Odell. They've got some guys, if they just show up, they can – cause some damage but how do the browns and steelers keep winning games man 
games that they should not be winning, especially yeah. Pittsburgh. P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker coming in for Deshaun Watson, who uh, – did, did he just quit playing football? Does anybody know what happened with Deshaun Watson? I heard that he um, was a re-aggravated I think shoulder. once he got his guaranteed contract, he just decided he didn't want to try anymore. I don't yeah, him, him. And Nick, him and Nick Bosa got the bag and just dipped. Um, I will but the Browns right defense – the Browns defense is just that good, except for the fact that they were not that good against the Colts because Gardner Minshew threw for over 300 yards, and there were plenty of coverage busts and there were a lot of issues in the secondary for that team. They ran for 168 yards, so it was not a great day for the Browns' defense. And the Cleveland offense, they totaled 16 for 37 for 183 yards passing and two interceptions. But they oh. managed to win the game because they ran the ball very well, and Miles Garrett made some freakish plays. Oh, my God. So, I... I googled Deshaun Watson um, as a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> no, bad trust idea. me, this this is good because uh, the Browns play the Seahawks this week, correct? Uh, yes, yes, they do. So that is correct. So first off, um, according to Adam Schefter, um, doctor told him he had a had a strain of uh, subscapulars, so that's like the within your shoulder. Um, with a, with a rotator cuff, and he continued to have both pain and weakness in both movements. This type of injury in baseball normally causes pitchers to miss four to six weeks. So, turns out that Devon Witherspoon of the Seahawks uh, on Watson being ruled out, quote, I guess the doctors over there in Cleveland told him he can't play, and he's finally taking no for an answer, end quote. Oh, I wow. love it. Get him! I mean, wow. if anybody deserves it, I mean, yeah, it's Deshaun Watson. Uh, to himself. <laughs> I can't root for the Browns wow. because of that, but I also can't root for the Browns because of just my disdain for Elijah Moore. Uh, both of those, both of those guys together, just absolutely. Oh, why don't why don't you like Elijah Moore? What did what did he ever? What you don't ever you do? don't request a trade in the middle of a three game winning streak. <laughs> You don't you don't do that. But also, it's so funny because uh, Jets true. Twitter was kind of clowning him because do you know that tweet that's like quarterback tweet, God is good. Running back tweet like gotta keep eating. Tight end tweet derp. Wide receiver tweet like the enemy speaks kindly and carries a knife. <laughs> Elijah Moore had one of those tweets that's like uh, he said something along the lines of like. God is good and always going to protect me from the ops. And it's like, oh, here we go again with this. <laughs> How is he already frustrated with Cleveland? He's been there for two months. <laughs> yeah, true. definitely. Uh, definitely. He's always been that kind of kind of person. Um, he like, was the, the dog piss guy at Ole Miss. Yep, yep. Um, the thing is with... The, the Browns. I've always, I to me, there's always been like a uh, before Deshaun and Elijah was like I always had a had a um, 
It's like it's like the your little brother kind of kind of situation where like oh you root for them because they've yeah, been they're so underdogs. Bad. They've always been so bad. It's like yes. the as hockey the Arizona Coyotes. I hope success for them. Or the Buffalo Sabers are also. I want success for them. And the Buffalo Sabers actually are probably a good like analogy for them on the hockey side, where they've always been in misery. They 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 always get in their own way for some reason. No, and like I really like Baker Mayfield. And I thought Baker was doing a good job for the Browns. No, like Just he did take him to the playoffs. He did play, try to play to the injury, and like I feel like they they did him dirty, leaving him in the dust, and getting Deshaun Watson instead. Even after all the allegations they went through, like after the, after they left him high and dry, Baker Baker Mayfield that is, and then went to for Deshaun Watson. Even after all the scandal shit he went through with that giant contract. I'm like, how can I? How can I feel good about you anymore? Like now you're, it's like now you're the, um, now you're Voldemort. Like who wants to, who wants to touch you? And like you, you left a joke just hanging in the open that I'm not gonna touch. I am not gonna. I I realized that after the fact, and no, won't touch it either. Uh, but like, both of these teams, the Browns and Steelers, just it seems like they win games that they have absolutely no business winning. <laughs> That's the Steelers' MO for the past, what, five years? That's, yeah. Steelers football is like getting to just one win above 500. So, yeah, nine and eight. Do you guys, do you yeah. guys watch the um, Bleacher yeah. Reports uh, Gridiron Heights animated series? I see it every now and then. Yeah. I missed this week. I've seen it, but the, the you know, one, usually miss it. The one from two weeks ago um, was one about the uh, – it was like a quarterback support group, and the person leading was yeah. Jared Goff because he he, I saw that. He, he graduated. He made it out. Yeah, he made it out. And the the adaptation that they used for um, Kenny Pickett, was so damn good as like oh I'm just a steel worker I'm just eating you know meat and potatoes kind of guy living in the Midwest and I'm like that is just the Steelers identity right there just like we just gonna grind it out and get her done and like it yeah. was so dead on but it makes sense that that's that's Mike Tomlin football right there we don't care how we're gonna do it we're just gonna figure it out and win and EJ Watt gritty. finds a way to make a play late. And in the fourth quarter, George Pickens finds a way to make a play late. And the Steelers beat a team that they had no business beating. There you go. The 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers story. Right then and there. And he was in the Texans. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got a few more questions before we wrap this thing up. Who should be more concerned right now? The New Orleans Saints... For the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a good question. I would personally say the Saints, I think. I'm not trying I'm, to overthink it, but I'm leading Saints um, too because I just I don't think like I, I I like I like Derek Carr as a person and who he talks like about himself being, but I, I know it's it's not all him, but I just I I don't think that he is the answer. Um, you know the the defense has kind of always been a little suspect of late, and, and now you have the incident with Chris Olave, um, who told the 
the policeman after he got pulled over. <laughs> oh, I, I play for the Saints. Saints. I think the cop was just like, okay. And? That's that's second <laughs> only to uh, uh, Marcelo Zuna last year. Yes. I, I'm a, I'm Ozuna yeah, from the yeah. Braves. <laughs> yeah, right. That's like that's the best too. one. But I agree with you. I think the Saints are in more trouble because I I don't think either of those teams will have their coach uh, return next year. I think that Brandon Staley and Dennis Allen are both gone. Perhaps they don't even make it to the end of the season. But the Chargers. I'm surprised Brandon Staley is still there. I would have fired him after the Jacksonville game last year. Jeez. But the Chargers, you yeah. feel good. Even though Herbert hasn't played spectacularly this season, you feel better about him long-term. And you feel better about the money that you gave him. Derek Carr, on the other hand, I think could be, apart from coaching, because I do think it comes back to the coaching, the main problem with the Saints. He's been terrible for the Saints this season. And you've got stuff with him now yelling at Olave for not running a route or for stopping running a route when the pass was like 20 yards out of bounds, dude. Like, th- that's on you. That, that That's you right yeah. there. That, the offensive line is bad. I, I know everyone says they're in cap hell and they always figure out a way to get around it. But I, I feel like the Saints are a ticking time bomb that just hasn't yeah, quite yeah. gone off yet. And... I didn't mind the Derek Carr move because they're in a weak division. You go get a quarterback, and it seemed like the Saints could easily take that division. And by all accounts, they should. This division is not better than anyone expected it to be. Maybe the Buccaneers are a little bit better, but that's about it. The Saints should be able to run away with this division. And it's the play of Derek Carr and the offensive line kept them from being able to do so. Whereas the Chargers, I do have my questions with them. Quentin Johnston, what what what's the deal? Is 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 he just bad? Are you hiding him? Yeah. Is he hurt? Was he hurt? What's the deal? And Brandon Staley, you were the defensive coordinator for the Rams. Why is this defense so bad? And they've been bad the entirety yep. of the time you've been there. But I still have my bigger questions for the Saints because the Chargers, at least, hey, we're in the same division as the Chiefs. We're kind of always going to be playing for second place. But the Saints should be able to run away with this division. And they could still be a playoff team this year. They're only one game back of Atlanta. But long term, this car contract Mm -hmm. is, you know, obviously with stuff like the Russell Wilson and, and Sean Watson, and, and potentially even Daniel Jones. We've got some bad quarterback contracts in the NFL, and Derek Carr's is up there with the worst of them. Yep. The thing with the, the Chargers, though, is like you expected so much more out of them. You know, after, after last year's fiasco of them you know, missing the playoffs on the very last play of the season, and... Wait, what? Then the Chargers missed the playoffs. Oh, sorry. They know they made the playoffs in the very last play of the season. That's right. The, 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 uh, the Chargers were the team that blew a twenty-eight nothing lead in the playoffs. That's right. I, I was I was I was thinking that the, the Chargers Raiders game that went to OT. That's right. Yeah. That, but, that's what but, I was but that's still I, in their I, history. Yeah. Like, you but you expected better from them though. Like you expect like the offense to turn it around and like 
it, it might have, might be the same story this year, how it's going to end. Cause, you know, they're a two and four team. And, you know, it's technically the Houston Texans are one of the teams you're trying to catch right now. But, like, at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, my expectations for them have – my view of them, that is, has definitely changed compared to the Saints. Where the Saints are like, oh, they have Derek Carr. They'll be better. But, like, I still I still didn't think the Saints were – I didn't think the Saints were a tier above both the Buccaneers and the Falcons. I thought they were still like, oh, they'll be a little bit better. Like, they could still win the division. But it's still – that division sucks. Like, it always it it's the battle for media. It's like the crabs in the bucket; they just keep pulling each other down as they try to get out of the bucket. Like it's it's how it is, yep. and like like to our conversation before, like when it comes to like how we see quarterbacks in the offensive line. No, if the offensive line was average, would Carr look much better for this team? Like. Because it really does work in that value. And, like, I think the Saints are, in, in my vantage point, I I feel like the Saints are in a better position. And the Chargers, I feel like they're, they're still running up an uphill battle. Because they did lose Mike Williams. And, yes, Josh Palmer has been filling that role pretty well for them. But that defense for them has always been suspect. And... I don't have confidence that right now that they can overcome their defense. Like they play the bears next week. I don't know if they're going to win because the bears, I could very well run all over them with the offense and their defense can't catch up. Like that line's currently eight and a half chargers over under 46 and a half. I think this game's going to be closer than people expect. All right, so who's the first head coach that gets fired? That'll be the last thing I'll leave you guys with. Who's the first coach to get kicked to the curb? First, um, not Belichick with his new with his new uh, extension. Yeah, (laughs) Robert Kraft will never fire him. Bill Bill will have to tell him that he doesn't want to coach anymore. That's just how it's going to work over there. At least that's what it seems like. Um, as far as coaching or coaches to be fired, oh, man. I mean, could this be the year that Brandon Staley finally receives that notice? I'm leaning, I think, I think it could be him. I'm leaning Ron Rivera. Only yeah. because yeah, of new ownership. Otherwise, I would be going Brandon Staley as well. But because of new ownership, yeah. I feel like Rivera would be the most likely to get the boot midseason. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I yeah, I would say Rivera as well. Like, the commanders definitely had a much higher outlook. Like, they thought they would be competitive this year, like they were last year. And, like, the fact that their stars, like, John Dotson is not, they're not giving the ball at all. Like, he, the play calling for that team has been looked much different than it did the previous year. 
and not meeting up to, up to expectations. And plus, with the new ownership, like I would not be surprised if the ownership would know. It's it's the same ownership group that owns the Devils and the 76ers, correct? Uh, I'm, sure I'm pretty sure it is. Um, because if it is, there I would not be surprised if they will definitely put someone in uh, who is much more analytically um, like-minded. Mm-hmm. No, definitely how the 76 76- That's not Ron Rivera. That's not Ron Rivera. Uh, and like I've seen like the transformation for like as someone who lived in the area, um, like 76ers with a whole big rebuild, like you no know, trust the process, which now they're a great team. And now and with the Devils who were garbage for ever since what 2014, now we're seeing the team that is uh you no know, expected to be one of the best teams in the league based on some models for the for the NHL. So like I can definitely see yeah, Josh Harris. Um I can definitely see him taking that post of putting his own footprint onto or his um his own fingerprint onto this team where they have that identity of being a more analytically driven uh, front office. All right. Well that'll about wrap things up. We'll definitely get more into NBA and NHL as uh so I have to ask though, get in. Go ahead. Um, did you watch the Frozen Frenzy yesterday? I caught part of it. Which I what caught was... part of it. I, I kind of went back and forth between that and the uh, opening day of the uh, I did not. NBA. I was asleep. I have to ask, what was your thoughts on it as a NHL observer new to the sport? I definitely liked being able to see everything. I liked... As someone who doesn't know as much and is very unfamiliar with what teams are worth expending time on, and it's whenever we can get anything that's NFL red zone adjacent, I do think that it's if you want to learn about the sport, no, it's not necessarily the best one. You're not going to get the, the nuts and bolts. But if you want to be able to follow the sport, have fun with it, and just kind of you know what a a night of hockey is like around the league. I think it's invigorating. I, I think it's a good way to get people uh, invested, and I think it's something that every league should have some form of. The NBA, you know, they this was their tonight was their first big night, and they didn't have anything like that. I think that was a missed opportunity, and I think the NHL should continue to. Uh, but and apparently it did it did good numbers for ESPN. That's good to hear. I didn't I didn't, I didn't catch the ratings for that yet. Um, the next one they're gonna have is in February, as I I'm as I'm aware oh, of. Man, really? It's it's more so the fact that because their biggest competitor is especially in the weekends like NFL, like they try to do it during the weekdays, technically speaking. Um, but you have so many. I mean, for example, uh, the the way that. I've, I've at least the way that I've seen a lot of NHL uh, matchups is on ESPN Plus, and th- there's a lot of, a lot of them on a- NHL Plus. Kind of the way that Premier League. I don't know if any of you guys watch any EPL action. Um, on Saturdays, they have uh, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's like goal kick or something like that. 
and it takes you around different, you know, Premier League matches. And they have that for on, on Peacock, which is where you can see all the different Premier League games. Mm-hmm. So I think that on ESPN Plus, they should have, you know, on some weeks when it's a little bit more available to have, you can have it on ESPN or ESPN2. But on ESPN Plus, on NHL nights where there are at least, you know, four or so games going on at once, I think that that would be a cool thing to have pretty regularly. And I think that it would it would do well, and I think it would get a lot of eyes. But that's and just I, me. I agree with that. Um, this definitely needs to be some tweaks. Uh, no, Berkeley being the first one was, you know, a learning process for anyone. Um, yeah. Here, here's I'm trying. I'm trying to pull up where the next one is going to be. Um, I know it is February. I don't remember the exact date of it. Uh, so because uh, the one podcast that for those who want to go more in depth in hockey, um, I follow three writers religiously pretty much ever since been growing up. Now they have a podcast together, which is fantastic. Um, Greg Wisinski from ESPN. Sean McAdoo from The Athletic, and then Ryan Lambert from Elite Prospect. So they, they do puck soup. And like Ryan had a really good point on it. And because like one, one of the big issues, the hockey, I won't say big issues, but one, one of the complaints that people have with scheduling is like, oh, it's not like staggered enough. Like I know basketball does it really well when they stagger the times enough. Everybody can see game. And if one game's in commercial inter- intermission, you can hop over to your next game. Hockey, so it's like, oh, you're starting at seven o'clock. That's it. And they did try to stagger the staggered scheduling for the this this day where like the frozen, the frozen frenzy. And if they had games where it was like, if they had like three games in the six o'clock slot, then three more games in the six fifteen slot, and like did it by that way and have them spread out. So naturally, there's always a few games going on. So just one game you're just focused on because all yeah. the others are intermission. No, I think it would be it would have did much better overall. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought as someone who loves the game, like I thought it was great. Like I was just having you know, screw around on my computer, and I was like, oh, like so much action is going on. I can see all the goals, and I can it. It's such a great way. As a diehard, I was very happy with it, and I hope they find a new, a better way. I hope they really improve on what's already good here. Yeah, the thing the, the thing for me is just don't have it be one twice a season type thing. Because if you do it just twice, three times a season, you're not really going to get to grow and evolve the product at all. Like you said, whenever you do something for the first, second time, you're going to run into some things where it's like, all right, this didn't really work out, or we're just working out the kinks of this. And yeah, it was an... It, it's an issue with any new product, but if you're only mm-hmm. doing it twice, you're not going to be able to really fix those problems as efficiently. And that's my concern with something like this. Yeah, for sure. Whereas I've seen something like that for the NBA, but it was also only on the NBA app. I mean, really? Yeah. Only, only on the NBA app on your phone. Like I just, I know the I know NFL red zone idea is a really good one that a lot of different leagues should be taking advantage of. And the fact that it seems to only be NFL and premier league is really disturbing to me. 
well, maybe disturbing is not the right word, but I just don't like it. The the only sport that <laughs> I see uh, American sports that is that I see that will have issue with it will probably will be basketball, unless it's like you're doing highlights of dunks, but like or great three pointers. But like other than that, like there's too many points that happen. Like if they if they just did like oh bouncing back between games okay but like why not have like a quad box and just be done with it like you could you could find a way to, to to make that work especially with you know fourth quarters and you know seven o'clock versus eight o'clock games I think that you could space that out really well whereas the NFL it kind of all happens at once the NBA it's a little bit more especially on a night like tonight was you'd game at seven seven thirty eight o'clock nine o'clock and it's like wow you've got really you know spaced out you know this game's in the fourth quarter and then we go to this game and there's not really any downtime as opposed to all right now all the games are over and then we have all the games starting back up from you know first quarter whereas you Mm -hmm. kind of always have late game action going i think that it would work out really well with the nba the only thing is just that first hour or so you just have to kind of pick and choose according to all right if you have a player that's you know really hot doing really well right now or you know a, a big game that's really close you can or, or, or yes like a highlight play type of thing where you can kind of like cut into that i think there's a lot of ways that you could uh you, you could do it like i think baseball will be a lot more easier compared to basketball and base baseball's had it uh baseball with mlb network with quick pitch they've or i think that's what it's called uh no that might not be what it's called but they they had something um and they had this since like 2008 and it was fantastic and they would cut that into like studio coverage and analysts talking about it i remember watching the uh armando galarraga uh fiasco with that throwback perfect game that i i remember watching that on their uh their their whip around show and they had great coverage of that while also showing other games. And, um, yeah, I, I think that it's a model that a lot of different uh, leagues should be a lot quicker to try to replicate. It's a good thing. It, it's, yeah. it's not something you should run away from. No, I, I, I would like it for baseball um, or, I, I guess, see a more modernized version of it because – I feel like at least when it comes to baseball versus basketball, like there's a lot more high leverage situations in baseball where like, oh, you know, runners in scoring position and like you have, you know, as a Met fan personally, like, you know, Alonzo's up when like runners in scoring position. Yeah. You want to – like something is going to happen. And like and because of the fact that red zone doesn't really show you highlights unless something really happens. It's not really a highlight. Like they kind of cut to the game. Oh, let's see what happens in, you know, with this up bat. Boom. Okay, great double or a home run. Like, no, yeah. it can it allows itself so much better than it does for anything else. And plus, with the new pitch pitch clock rules, it, it would be a much more seamless to go into live action to do a cut to a different game and watch something from there. Like, yeah, yeah, that we should. Uh, I think baseball should lean into it. I because someone who only watches the Mets, it will get me more interested in other teams around the league. All right. Well, I'm glad that they got that going, and I hope that they do more of it. It's it's definitely a, a talking point that I, I hope other leagues, other leagues have that discussion and figure something out. Uh, 
but yeah, guys, uh, I think that about wraps things up. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back next week and see how that Jets Giants game went. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Nick gets to be happy for that one, but, uh, I, I don't no, I don't think that no would shot. be the case. So no shot. I'm I'm sorry in advance. No shot. So I will be. I don't want to use the term happy, but I think if they get like two field goals, I could sort of live with that and say, "Wow, Nick is a they set put the bar high." The Jets. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you set the bar low, as soon as you pass that, then you automatically are much happier, and it's easier to as a as a Jets fan. I can tell you right game. now, sometimes you don't pass that bar, and you're even more disappointed because you're like, I set the bar that low, and you couldn't get near it. Oh, oh, and I then you're it. even worse off than you would be otherwise. But all right well for connor vandermark and nick Izzo, i'm mitchell lee thank you for listening to the weekly recess enjoy a fun week sports are back we've got the world series we've got nba nhl nfl so enjoy watching sports see ya deuces